the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. God's glory. What does that mean? Well, we'll talk about that as we begin a series on His glory next. From the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Hi there and welcome. This is Times of Refreshing. Our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman, will begin a series today that he has simply entitled His Glory. And we'll take a look at God's glory from a variety of perspectives, a variety of passages. We'll begin by looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. The Glory Progression the title of our message. Won't you join us? From the well, once again, our teacher and pastor, Pastor Napoleon Kaufman, with this edition of Times of Refreshing. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and we're going to look at verses 1 on down to 6. And this morning, the title of my message is Glory Progression. Glory Progression. We talked about the glory of God last week. And I want to show you a few things here that are going to help us because God progressively reveals himself to us. And he progressively does things in a local church that we have to understand because oftentimes when we're walking with God, there are different seasons that we go through. But if we understand the seasons and what God is ultimately doing or trying to do in our lives, it helps us to navigate through the process the right way. And especially corporately as a local church, churches have seasons. They have seasons. And so we want to be able to see them and say, oh, this is what my church is going through. And I see this happening in my church. And then when the season shifts, we're able to, to have wisdom when it comes to, these, uh, to these, the move of God as it's taking place within our church. You know, but there's no way that we can really get a clear picture of God's glory if we don't see it as being revealed in and through Jesus Christ. God our Father, and you're going to see this here, has chosen to manifest His glory and to reveal His person through His Son, Jesus. Okay? The second member of the triunity. So for us, we want to be able to see that, that this is all about Jesus. Okay? My life is about Jesus. I was created for his glory. And so God is not my butler. I am his servant. Can I have an amen, y'all? And we have to break this because in the culture now, everything, people are trying to cater to man. Can I get a little heavier for you guys today? Do you guys mind it? We talk about the mark of the beast. And and the world talks about the mark of the beast. We talk about the Antichrist. We talk about 666. Okay, understand that 
the ultimate goal of Satan is to try to get man to act like or to believe that he is God. Six is the number of, of man. Three is the number of God. Six, six, six is just basically man trying to manifest, manifest himself and believe that he is God. I don't need God. I'm God. And for us, it may not be, it, it, we, we, we're so into just getting some mark on us when the mark is in us. It's going to be easy for the devil to get a mark on us if he can get the mark in us. If he can get us to believe that we're God and we don't need God in our lives. And so what happens is the way that we break this is constantly making sure that, and I love what God has done through the church and through preaching and teaching, is constantly getting people to understand that he is first, that he has the preeminence, that he is God and I'm not. And that this, this is about Jesus Christ, that my life is about Jesus. It's not about me. God blesses me on the other side of that truth. But I have to have the truth firmly fixed within me that, God, it's about you. It's not about me and my comforts and my desires and my wants. It's about you, God. I was created for you and your glory. And however you want to use me, use me. And Jesus Christ modeled this for us. He showed us what this looks like as a human being as he got into a human shell. He showed us what it looks like to be completely and utterly submitted to God. But then God on the flip side shows us what his glory looks like in the face of Jesus Christ. Watch this. It says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 1. Therefore, since we have this ministry... As we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, committing ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. He's basically saying, you saw how I lived, and it pricked, it pricked your conscience because you saw a lifestyle that represented. And there was no deceit or cunningness or craftiness. It was just a lifestyle that was lived before you. And that, that from, a, from a conscience standpoint, people remember that. He says in verse 3, But even if our speech is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Whose minds the God of this age, he's talking about Satan, the God of this age has blinded who do not believe. Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine upon them. He says, for we do not preach ourselves. Self. We do not preach ourselves. I love it. He said, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your bondservants for Jesus' sake. Now look at this, y'all. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 
in the face of Jesus Christ. So God has chosen to give light concerning his person. God our Father has chosen to give light concerning his person. And he does it in the face of Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because the, the revelation of, of Jesus gives us insight into revelation of God our Father. And so God, our Father, has highly exalted Jesus and given him the name that is above every name. He has given him preeminence. He's given him insight. He's given us, he's given us clarity into who Jesus, into who he is by us constantly beholding Jesus. And making sure that everything in our lives is about him. And making sure that when it comes to my life, it's not about me. That's how I avoid the mark of the beast. It's by laying down my life for the king of kings. And in the midst of that, God constantly, he begins to reveal his glory. And this is what causes the glory of God to really be manifested in our midst progressively. Is that we've got to have God. We have to have the Lord Jesus Christ, the son of God, revealed first and we have to see him as very important to everything that we do as a church because the glory of God is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ so you want glory magnify Jesus you want his you want the manifestation of God in your midst magnify Jesus you want God to reveal himself? Magnify Jesus. You want the power of God to be revealed on your job? Magnify Jesus. That everything becomes, I'm going to magnify Jesus. I want, my, I want God's glory in my marriage. Well, magnify the Lord in your marriage. You want God, the glory of God in raising your kids? Then magnify Jesus in, in raising your kid. And what happens is God begins to reveal himself as we do this. But there's no progress when it comes to glory, if Jesus doesn't have the preeminence. We have to think about this. Like, how am I, how am I living in relations to Jesus and, and, and his preeminence in my life? How do I magnify? As a church, how do we glorify Jesus in our midst? I love all the different dynamics of our ministry and what God has done. We're getting ready to celebrate our 15-year anniversary on, in March. I mean, isn't that amazing? I just look up and I see how God, how many thousands of people, how many people have been blessed through the church. But my, constantly I'm thinking, well, have we glorified Jesus in the midst of this, though? Has Jesus been glorified? Is it clear when you go to the well, they're going to tell you about Jesus and they're going to magnify Jesus? It's not going to be any smoke and mirrors. It's not going to be a bunch of stuff. You're not going to hear about a bunch of politics up in here. You're not going to hear about, you know, this denomination, that denomination. You're not going to get all whacked out on all kinds of traditions and what this is. They're just going to be talking about Jesus a lot. So if you're bored with Jesus, you might not want to go to that church. Can I have an amen, y'all? But this is how you get the glory of God revealed in your church and in our personal lives is that we magnify the Lord. This is about Jesus. I was created for him. And some people don't want to hear about Jesus. We people, we've had people that have left our church because we're not talking about all this political stuff and stuff. That's not why God didn't call me to do that. 
He called me to preach the Bible and to preach about Jesus Christ and to glorify him. And I, you know, we all have our varying opinions, but I'm not going to get up here and be doing all that stuff. What does that have to do with Jesus? I'm trying to, I want to know about Jesus. Can I have an amen? Because in another four years or eight or whatever it is, we're going to be fighting over that stuff again. Can I come to a place and just hear about Jesus Christ? Because that's what, this is what God is looking for in our lives. But what happens to us is sometimes we lose sight. And so progressively we don't go from glory to glory because we haven't made him the centerpiece of everything that we do. And in our homes, we don't make him the centerpiece of everything that we do. You can't make your children the centerpiece of whatever you do. I love my kids. My kids know I love my kids. But my kids aren't my life. And I'm not their life. If we're doing a good job, all of us are pointing everybody to Jesus. Can I have an amen? Because when it's all said and done, who are we going to be standing before? Amen. And so when we get this, then the ball begins to roll. And so we have to make sure that our church, our lives, that we're magnifying Jesus, that we're helping people to understand who he is, that we're teaching people about Jesus, and we're giving God the glory by magnifying his son, Jesus. And this is what we do at all times. Amen. And this, let's read it again in verse six. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. In the face of Jesus Christ. Now, once we get this, this down in our hearts and it becomes fixed, that my life is about the Lord, then we take the next step. And the next step is transformation. Somebody say transformation. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And we're going to look at verses 17, verses 17 and 18. It says here in verse 17, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. And so I love this. When Moses came down from the mountain, and this whole uh, part of this chapter, from verse 7 all the way down to verse 18, you see this picture of Moses going up into um, the cloud of glory and meeting with, with God. When he comes down, he puts a veil over his face because him being in the presence of God, the same way God is glorious and splendid, his face, Moses' face began to shine with glory. And the children of Israel could not, they couldn't take the power of his presence upon their life and the glory that was being revealed. So they put a veil over Moses' face because his face was shining. And he equates this, and I love this because the Apostle Paul equates this to what's happening now with Israel. And that is they have blinders or they can't see the fullness of God's glory because there's, there's a veil there. 
They can't take the glory and the revelation of God's person and manifesting his glory in and through man. And this is, this, this is what he did. He manifested himself in and, through, in and through the Lord Jesus Christ, God our Father. And the same way Moses, he comes down, the glory of God is on man, and the Israel couldn't take it. There's a veil there to this day. They think Jesus was just a man, but he's not just a man. He's the Son of God. And that glory is hard for them to embrace. And so the Apostle Paul, as he's talking here, he says in verse 17, he says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit is, there is liberty. But we all, look at your neighbor and say, we all. He says, but we all with unveiled face, with unveiled face, look at this, he says, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, now watch this, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. This is so powerful. Because what happens is now when we look at with, with unveiled face, he said, well, we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. What happens is now Jesus comes, and what does he do? He's ripping off the veil. And he's giving us insight into his person so that we can see him clearly. But as we're looking at him clearly, as, as if we're looking in a mirror we're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. So progressively, God is changing us the more that we behold him. The more that you see Jesus in your life, the more you begin to be transformed into the same image. Meaning, his glory begins to get on you. And he starts to change you from the inside out. And all of us go through this metamorphosis process. We're inside out. He begins to change us. And we're no longer who we used to be. We begin to become more like him. But we need the veil removed. And this is the next step in the progression. We can have church. We can sing songs. We can punch our tickets. We can give our tithes. We can hear messages. But are you being transformed? And transformation doesn't come by me talking about movies and, and stuff. It comes by us constantly lifting up Jesus. And as he gets closer to us and he begins to manifest himself to us, we start to get changed. And this is what it should be about. I don't want to just go to church. I want to be changed. Can I have an amen, y'all? I want God to change me. Well, he's going to change me by me constantly beholding him. God, remove the veil and let us see your glory. And as we see your glory, we're looking in the mirror. And as we see your glory, we begin to be transformed by your glory. And then we go from glory to glory, to re from revelation to revelation. We start to go to this new level. And that's what God's trying to do. And so in this church, yes, we're going to get in your business. Yes, we're going to hold you accountable. Yes, we're going to ask you questions. Yes, we, and, the, and the goal is, we're not, I, don't, I mean, we're not busybodies. We don't have time to be, but we're looking at people and saying, is this person becoming more like Jesus? Are they growing? 
And growing doesn't mean they're prophesying and casting out devils. That's part of it. Growing means, man, are they displaying the character and nature of Christ? Can I have an amen? Are they becoming more like him? Are they doing what he would do in that moment? Are they losing themselves so they can gain themselves in him? That's what Christianity is about. It's not just about going to church and knowing traditions and and singing the songs. It's, man, God is breaking me down, but he's building me up. And I'm becoming strong in him and powerful in him. And I feel the anointing of God on me. And now I know it's just not me, but greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. I am crucified with Christ, but nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives on the inside of me. And now something is happening and people see your life. I said, man, what happened to them? Man, they just keep on looking at Jesus. And then as they keep looking on Jesus, they start becoming like him. And this is a part of it, transformation. I want our church to be filled with people who have been transformed. And I love looking around here. And, and some of you, I know your testimony. And I know how you walked in the door. And I see you now and I say, my goodness, look at God. They look like little Jesuses running around here. Can I have an amen? They really being transformed up in here, up in here. I love, that's what brings me joy. To see, man, look at them, man. They really are walking with Jesus. They're becoming more like the Lord. And you can't do that. This isn't something, that's why being a pastor, you, you have to have long suffering. Because it takes time to see people grow doesn't happen overnight and that's the problem with us we want to just pop a pill and have I'm, I'm more like Jesus no it takes time and God works on you and as a pastor you have long suffering you watch person go through the process and they fall down bump their head then they get up and then and then something happens and then you see them get up again and then they just keep going and then and then a, a year goes by and they fall again and then they get up and then two years go by and then you you look up and then they're not cussing anymore they're not acting crazy anymore and they, they're off drugs, and now they're, now they're really walking with God. And then you look at their marriages, and you look at their families, and, and you say, wow, look at what happened to them. That's the joy of it. And then you get, and that's what should happen in the church, where people start seeing people getting transformed. Are they perfect? No, because you're still on the potter's wheel. God's still working on you, but you see transformation taking place. And that's the sign that your faith is authentic. And that your conversion is real. That you start seeing people. It's one thing to say, I walk with Jesus. It's another thing to actually do it. And so for us as the saints of God, transformation is a part of what we should constantly be seeing here. And that is a manifestation of the glory of God in our church. That's a manifestation of the glory of God. When we start seeing more people become like Jesus, we put Jesus first, transformation comes second. Here comes people's transformations. You look up and you say, man, how's your church doing? Man, it's doing great. How do you know? Because I see people's lives being changed. I see the glory of God. Are you the most popular? No. Are you the biggest? No. Are you this? You have the most money? No. But I see people's lives changed. And there's, there's no matter of value that you can place on that. 
when you see whole families changed and then people becoming more like the Lord. Can I have an amen? And so we want transformation. This is the next step in the progression with God when it comes to his glory. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let's look at verses 17. Look at verses 4 on down to 11. Because I want transformation, but I also want manifestation. I want manifestation. When the glory of God is being revealed in your midst, you're going to see the manifestation of his person. And not in just in terms of how he's changing you, but how he demonstrates his power in your midst. We want an active God to be clearly present and evident in our midst. This is a part of the glory. And he has no problem with walking through the, the aisles and doing things in our midst that are dynamic and powerful. And you're listening to Pastor Napoleon Kaufman here today on Times of Refreshing. Our desire is to see you grow in Christ through the daily ministry of God's Word. And as you take time to spend with us studying God's Word, we trust you are being encouraged in Christ. You can reach out to us by phone, 925-292-7800, 925-292-7800, or write to us, Times of Refreshing, 2333 Nissan Drive. Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You're also welcome to visit our website, thewellchurch.net. It's a great place to visit if you would like information regarding who we are, where we meet, what we're about. Past sermons are available online there as well as our online store, and you can even get connected with us there. Again, thewellchurch.net. I would invite you to join us on either our church app, at our website, thewellchurch.net, or on our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful as well during this time of challenge with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we are praying and standing on his truths during this time and remembering that God is in control and we're praying for you. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless.